Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. Melissa here. For those of you who are joining the Latch Mama podcast for the first time, um, it is a podcast for the mothers in the trenches of motherhood. Um, We are going to start a fun two-part series this week. We are going to talk about um, some workplace laws and rights that you have during pregnancy and when you return back to the workplace. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Today, I have a really exciting guest with us. Um, She's one of my favorite people in the world. She's also an incredible uh, attorney that knows a whole bunch about um, our rights in the workplace um, as far as being pregnant and coming back to work um, expressing milk. So today we are going to talk about what happens when you find yourself pregnant in the workplace or you're looking for a job and you're pregnant and you don't want to tell your employer all of that fun stuff. Um, We just want to talk a little bit about everybody's (laughs) rights um, and expectations legally um hi leah hi i love that you said when you find yourself pregnant in the workplace that's a very unique way of of putting it well Um, sometimes it's not planned sometimes you start a job and you get pregnant and i don't know from the workplace (laughs) (laughs) um can you introduce yourself please to everybody uh sure uh professionally i am a management side employment attorney i've been practicing a little more than eight years Uh, i help employers navigate employee issues and you know, get into compliance with different laws in the workplace, harassment, discrimination, workplace violence, reasonable accommodations. Um, personally, I am uh, single, no kids. Uh, am I the first non-mom on your podcast? Um, you might be. No, we've had a couple of men on the podcast, so they're not moms. Okay, non-parents. Uh, probably. Wow. I this know. This is a milestone. I don't know. Have we had any more? I don't think we have. I think everybody has been a parent for the most yeah. part. No. Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Kennedy was on the podcast. Kennedy's not a parent. Okay. All right. So not the first. Okay. Um, what else I appreciate do you do in your, in your free time? You play basketball? You play basketball. Dance. Uh, yeah, I hip-hop dance. Do you want to talk about Van? I have a dog. His name is Van. Um, he's missing half of an ear. I originally named him Picasso, thinking that was the painter that cut his ear off and was <laughs> horribly told in the dog park. Uh, that no, it was actually Van Gogh. So then I had to change his did name. Did you have an uh, advanced degree at that time? I did. But, uh, you know, the thing about being a lawyer is you gain so much confidence uh, in yourself over time that sometimes you just don't Arrogance, even. Yeah, confidence. No, confidence. Let's okay. go with confidence. Yeah. Okay. You, just, you were just doubling down on the fact that it was Picasso. That Art of history off. is really not in my realm. But, you know, it was you want to really talk hilarious hour when loss? Leah first told me this story. I didn't know like the end of it. And she's like, so I named him Picasso. And I was like, is she really an idiot? Like, does she really not know that Picasso was not? But anyway, needless to say, Van is really cute. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, that's not the first time Alyssa's called me an idiot. Um, (laughs) When we first started working together, she shamed me. Uh, What? Yeah, you did. I said lactation on the breast no and you oh, shamed no, no, me no 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 you no, shamed no. me okay well first of all <laughs> i'm allowed to shame people for not no shaming is not the proper word you were talking about a court case and you said this woman is gonna show up with lactation all over her shirt and i said leah you cannot show up in the courtroom and claim that woman has lactation all over her shirt like we're gonna need to work on the way that we present this case 
Yeah. Um, so we cleared that up. So hopefully if that moment ever happens, no. you're going to actually be able to define what is occurring. So I, I did appreciate that feedback. Uh-huh. Um, it could have been delivered differently. <laughs> so We're uh, working on it, guys. But um, I went home that night and I did some intense Googling. Uh-huh. And um, I made sure I got up to speed on all things. I mean, if someone were to look at my Google history, it would be concerning that I'd have some kind of odd nursing fetish of some sort because there you, was you also had to prepare for this, this yeah podcast. so so but um, there's a lot of education uh, that goes into oh it. yeah there is and i should have used the incognito tab because it's it you know it's not don't be ashamed for wanting to know how your body would work if you had a baby colostrum that's Colost- a word i learned <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so uh, this is what happens when you have an you have an attorney on a yeah. podcast who's not had children for milk for oh what is the form <laughs> it's the thin non-fatty milk non-fatty low protein milk that comes out guys she did this for you for you all there's no other reason why there's no other reason why she would know anything i did this for you and that comes out before the hind milk (laughs) oh my gosh so hilarious yeah so okay I'm, I'm good to go. See, the laws I know, you guys, but, you know, not having had kids. Um, so working on that. Yeah. Um, it's a little. Yeah. Okay. So we get a lot of questions in the Latch Mama Love Facebook group about um, pregnancy and what happens in the workplace when somebody becomes pregnant. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions as an employer and as, like, a person. So – Am I required to, so let's say all of a sudden, let's say I am interviewing for a job. Am I required to tell my employer that I'm pregnant or can my employer ask me if I am pregnant? No to both of those. Okay. So um, it's it's interesting because I will say, I, I got a call this morning from a mm-hmm. client actually, and in it, the employee, the, the employee's start date was end of July uh of this summer and the start date end of july of this summer okay and the employee said uh accepted the job offer Mm -hmm. and then sent a follow-up email and said hey i'm actually going to be out of the country i'm going to be in india for three weeks for a religious ceremony Mm -hmm. um so i'm my start date will now be july 21st and the client was a little bit like okay i guess we have to work with that right Mm -hmm. it's a sort of an accommodation same as is true with, with with pregnancy in a sense is no one has to disclose this stuff ahead of time. And I actually tell clients or mm-hmm. managers, you know, you don't want to ask that stuff during an interview because if the person doesn't get the job, then they're going to be sitting there saying, could it have been the fact that I'm pregnant or that I'm soon going mm-hmm. to be, you know, taking time off to take care of a child? And is that discrimination? That would be. Absolutely. And so no, no one has to disclose it. But I will say from a practical standpoint, you know, once you get the job offer, it makes sense as early as possible to let a manager know because they need to be able to work with you and address operational needs. And mm-hmm. so there's got to be some, you know, due diligence on the part of the employee and the employer ahead of time. So the employee should not be scared once the job offer has been offered to be transparent about their pregnancy because they are, they do have protection. Absolutely. Yeah. They have protection from non-discrimination at that, at that standpoint. Now, would they have time off? Um, the fa- the Family Medical Leave Act, the federal uh, federal law that basically gives you time off. People refer to it sometimes as maternity leave, but mm-hmm. it's really it's really just unpaid medical leave. Um, that only kicks in for uh, an employee who's 
who's worked there at least a year and a certain amount of hours and for employers with more than 50 employees. And so it might be that, yes, you get the job, but you're not necessarily entitled to some sort of protected job, protected leave uh, within that first 12 months. Now, there are many state laws that come into play. Okay. And then from a practical standpoint, um, there are now uh, new laws that also sort of a, require some kind of leave as a reasonable accommodation after someone gives birth. And okay. so I would say <clears throat> most employers should be considering, you know, some fair time off. So if you start a job, so let's say you get pregnant, you get a job offer, you disclose that you're pregnant, but let's say you only have like two days of PTO, you're not there for a year, so FMLA doesn't work. Could your employer, let's let's say you want to take three or four days off after you have a baby, like the fact that we're even having this conversation in 2023 in the United States is crazy to me, but let's say you don't have enough PTO, your employer could let you go for having a baby. It wouldn't be quote for, for having, having a baby, baby right? It would be it would for be not showing up for, for not show. Yeah, and here and that's the that's the frustrating that is bananas. It is. To me. It is. And you are latched mama, right? Yeah. So I mean, you guys have the laws set a baseline, okay? And that baseline is very minimal. And I mean, we always encourage employers to the the the, the, the laws say don't discriminate. Who wakes up in the morning and is like, ah, I'm gonna go out there and just you know, ruin people's day. No, the law set a very low baseline. And it's, I think it's, it's really important from an employer standpoint to really go above and beyond because you want to address things like good talent, you know, retention, mm-hmm. retaining good talent. Um, and it's, it's what, like you just said, it's crazy. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so I would say most employers uh, would generally work with someone, but yeah, it's, it's hard. That is a gap in the law that, that we are missing paid leave for uh, mm-hmm. time off after giving child. But it's always something that you can negotiate. I mean, I, I guess it just, it puts a woman in such a hard spot because you either have to disclose it during the negotiation for the job and you actually have to negotiate some extra time off because you are pregnant and then you have to hope that they're not going to not give you the job because you're pregnant or you just have to run with it and hope that potentially they're going to give you leave when you do disclose that you're pregnant after you have the job. Yeah, it's, it's insane to me. Well, and and Congress has really failed in this area because, you know, there have been a lot of times to try to get paid family medical leave passed mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting held up in Congress. So it's ridiculous. Absolutely. But I mean, that's why I mean, you guys go so far above and beyond. So, yeah, but I, it, it, yeah, but I just I feel like sometimes we're in this bubble, like you said, before mm-hmm. we even started this podcast, hey, we need to get outside of the Latch Mama bubble to actually talk about what's happening in in the country so this can actually apply to other women that aren't just at you know latch mama where we actually give yeah. people and, and i'm talking federal laws yeah. right so there very well may be state laws that, that require you know greater rights or paid family leave and to some degree so um let's talk a little bit about so the pregnancy starts even first trimester you are let me tell you yeah. this though okay I'm, i meant to say this so I was one time doing a training, a mm-hmm. management training for a group of managers. They were from all different types of manufacturing mm-hmm. arenas and had everybody close their eyes and basically was like, all right, no judgment. Who here has struggled to hire a young female because the female mm-hmm. was pregnant or was fearful of getting pregnant? Mm-hmm. How many hands do you think went? I mean, what percent of hands do you think went up in the room? At least 50%. It was closer to 80 
It was, I mean, and this is something that women, I think, mm -hmm. are fighting mm -hmm. at the early yeah. interview process, even yeah. if you're not pregnant. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be pregnant for someone to be sitting there thinking from an operational standpoint as an employer, oh, my gosh, um, I, I'm hiring people because I'm in dire need of making sure stuff goes out of my warehouse. Yep. And if they're going to take time off, where does that leave me? It's so, so fascinating. I remember I went to Easter brunch at a local local restaurant and i've told this story on the podcast i think before but it's a guy who owns a whole bunch of different restaurants here locally as well as in richmond and he's family friends with us and we were sitting down and he kind of pulled up a chair to easter brunch or maybe it was mother's day brunch i don't even know but he i was asking him about like small business life and this is when latch mama was only a few years old but i was still kind of in the trenches of people and hiring and stuff like that and he was like if i can give you one word of advice and he had no idea what i did he mm -hmm. just knew that i owned a business he was like just be very very careful about hiring women who could get pregnant he said because they never come back and i was like okay well wait a second like it was completely like hold on do you still eat there me. what would you say do you still eat yeah there? It's what, what what i thought you had morals I mean, no i mean <laughs> I, I still i still eat there because it's like you like the fries? Pri it's prime real estate yes i do like french fries um <laughs> they actually have a really good chicken sandwich now too which is really good but um he uh he was just very clear he was like they just they don't come back he's like i can't hire servers right now he said because they all keep getting pregnant and nobody wants to come back to work on the other side and so i challenged him and i said well what do you offer them in terms of leave do you take care of them while they're out having said baby and he looked at me he goes no because i don't have to and it was it, he came across of course to me and people who are listening to this is like a total jackass but it is a very standard thing I mean yeah. same thing I talked to a family member who owns a business and I said and he was talking about how his secretary was going out and I said what are you giving him for leave or giving her for leave and he was like uh nothing and I was like oh my god you are so close to me in terms of family and I own this company like you can't you can't not give her leave like what are you doing yeah but it is just a standard thing in the United States if you don't have to offer it why offer it as right. a business yeah, but and, and that's the thing is the laws set a very basic baseline. But if you you are doing the right thing, I mean, you're thinking about retention. You're thinking about retaining, like bringing back good talent. Um, also ensuring that people have medical benefits during yeah. that time. I mean, think about as a woman how scary it is. You you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's already. I'm sure an anxiety ridden feeling, mm -hmm. or at least for me, it would be. Um, <laughs> You've done it six times, so okay. A lot of times, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, what does this do to my life? And then you're thinking, holy cow, if I'm let go, I might mm -hmm. not have benefits. Yeah. So it's crazy. So fast so, forward. Think about yeah. this when you vote for your congressman. Okay. <laughs> or woman. No politics. <laughs> um, welcome, Leah, to the Last Mama podcast. Um, anyways, so we're starting again. So let's say no. <laughs> So let's say you start your job, okay, or you're you're in the workplace. You've told people you're pregnant mm -hmm. at this point, and you start getting really nauseous at work, um, and you start getting sick, and you maybe have to go to the bathroom more, or maybe you need more breaks to eat snacks, or maybe you need snacks at your desks and desk, and they're not normally allowed, or you want to come in late, or you want to work from home. All of these different things. Where does that like accommodation? line and and start in terms of what is reasonable because so, you're allowed to ask for some of those things correct absolutely okay. absolutely so it is a an interactive process that's essentially what the law entails it is a back and forth between the employee and the employer about hey here's what i'm going through 
um, and the employee, and here's how it's affecting my ability to do my job. And so that's really the key is it's not even about what could be causing it. I mean, let's say that if, if it's nausea, that's making you mm -hmm. come in late to work, mm -hmm. uh, because you're pregnant versus depression and you can't get out of bed either way, it's impacting your ability to do your job. And so the employer has to have some understanding of, okay, how can we, how does it impact your job? And then let's see if we can figure out a way to make this work. And the goal is to find a reasonable accommodation. Now, what is reasonable? It depends. It's a case by case basis. So it is subjective. Very, very much so. And there's a lot of things that would make something not reasonable. So, I mean, give me, give me, let's, let's come up with an example. Um, what? Okay. Let's go to the far, far extreme. Every time I stand up and I get vertical first trimester of my pregnancy, I vomit. I want to be able to work from home in bed. And what do you do for, what do you do for your job? Uh, yeah. I, I work in a warehouse. Okay. The answer to that would be no. Yeah, yeah we can't. Uh, that, that, that's probably not reasonable, right? However, before you can go to this idea of, sorry, we have no work for you, mm -hmm. it's okay. The, the next question is, can we transfer you to a different position mm -hmm. in the meantime, temporarily? Yep. Um, and part of that transfer is you can't really be reducing pay or benefits or it, it, even if you're going to say, hey, we're going to move you from the warehouse to the filing, you're, you know, you're just mm -hmm. going to be doing inventory on a computer. Um, maybe that at that point we could allow you to work from home or we give you an office. We move you closer to a bathroom. That's something mm -hmm. that we've worked out before. Um, but the last resort I would say is leave as a reasonable accommodation. Like leave time off, like time off, like yeah. paid time off. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. I would always say, you know, that's the very last thing you ask for. Okay. Um, so being part of this process here on my side, I know it's normally required. It is, I mean, diagnosable, like documents from a doctor or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what, correct? Diagnosable <laughs> documents from a doctor. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, I guess you can't just be like, hey, I'm pregnant. I don't feel well. I mean, you have yeah. to be prepared to right. have something you gotta help me out uh, okay you mean documenta yes, you have documentation documentation evidence yes. you have to have evidence evidence. <laughs> evidence for your pregnancy uh not even really no um i mean certain uh, other medical conditions uh yes arguably yes if someone says hey i need to i'm i'm really struggling to get my job done i suffer from depression mm -hmm. um or i've got back problems I, I i don't know if i can keep doing this warehouse job then yeah arguably bringing in a note but if it's hey i'm gonna be um taking time off after childbirth then no i would say you know we go with the benefit of the mm -hmm. at that point no one is making this up so. i mean so much of this truly feels like just being a good human and i feel like that's how we've kind of led this company of hey if your back hurts when you're doing inventory counting because you're pregnant why don't we get you a chair or why yeah. don't why don't we get you a nice little memory foam pad that you can need that you can kneel on you know that yeah. makes you feel better or like i heard something in the group they weren't allowed to fill their water bottle like they couldn't leave their station to go fill their water bottle during pregnancy because their employer wouldn't let them do that wow. like those are the things that i want to make sure that people know that they have rights to ask for absolutely yeah and i would say the earlier you can ask for them the better off you're going to be um, because you have got to understand too that the employer has to kind of uh, maybe adjust operations mm -hmm. but the, giving enough time and notice to in terms of doing that mm -hmm. is going to be in everyone's best interest. 
Um, I feel like so many people, especially women, especially mothers, have this like kind of like martyr like kind of philosophy where, hey, I'm not going to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not going to ask for more. I'm just going to deal with it and I'm going to get through. And I think what's really important and one of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast is the more that you and I talk about some of this employment stuff, the more I realize that there really are protections that women need to know are available to sure. them. I mean, as much as you and yeah. I both are on the more management side, um, you know, I think it's important that people know that they're allowed to ask for these things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, most, I would say it's probably going to be in an employee handbook in terms mm -hmm. of a process, but even if it's not going to um, any manager, supervisor, human resources and saying, here's what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. um, now it's interesting because the laws that protect pregnant women, at least from the federal level, like we were just talking about, there certainly mm -hmm. are still some gaps, um, but they were, they're kind of late in the game. I mean, we only recently had a couple of new laws passed, even one recently passed this past year that's going into effect June uh, 27th of this year, which is the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act mm -hmm. and requires what a broader range of reasonable accommodations for pregnant women um, for uh, childbirth related medical conditions, for pregnancy related medical conditions, and even specifying for lactation related conditions. It's taken us till 2023 to really specify that in legislation. It's fascinating so. to me. Yeah. Do you have any um, cool stories to share from the past of oh. any, 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 anything that has just surprised you that like, sure, that happens? all the time <laughs> literally one of I my mean, favorite things to do with leah is just to hear stories it makes me feel so much better as an employer sometimes <laughs> because literally some of the bananas things that happen like just yeah. the idea that there is so much profit and process in people's mind sure and it's not people like if you go to the whole like yeah. like marcus limonis thing where he's like people process profit you know, there are so many businesses that are so focused on the profit and the process that this people piece is just like way out into outer space where yeah. we all know that I can focus a little bit more on the process and the profit. But I feel like I have the people thing pretty well down for the most part. Um, yeah, not know, every company is run by Melissa <laughs> from Latched Mama. Who's that? <laughs> I don't. I don't deal well with the other. The other uh, ones absolutely could use some improvement. No, I mean you. You mentioned that. the the nausea thing, right? Yeah. I've mm -hmm. had a client who uh, basically was like, "Well, the employee was struggling with mm -hmm. having to go take more breaks uh -huh. to use the restroom to probably. vomit." Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, I was good. <laughs> it's a good great way good word it's an awkward word um but yeah and the man the manager uh -huh. merely was like well what if we just got her a bucket hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. So they called you up and they said hey she's taking many she's taking too many breaks no see, that, that's the thing they didn't call me up the thing is we got it via an employee complaint uh okay. at that point in time and i mean that's the worst that that, that i mean you employees have rights. If your manager <laughs> oh or your employer is not going to address the situation, you have rights. Usually if through some sort of administrative so is agency. There, or, is there a law that says that an employee should have to vomit in privacy? Like they shouldn't be handed a bucket. I'm just trying to figure out like, so how it, would this play out in a courtroom? Sure. Yeah. No, it would look horrible on behalf. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a company I want to defend in the courtroom because you've got a jury that's going to sit there and be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. It's it's the 
uh, it goes back to that, what is a reasonable accommodation? And not everybody is thinking along the lines of how you guys think here. So you've got to think of it like, okay. I just cannot imagine, like, where, like, who are these human beings that are like, hey, <laughs> hey, how about how about we go pick her up a bucket at Lowe's and she we just she could, Yeah, she could just keep doing her work, <laughs> like, throwing up along the way. Like, I, what? Yeah. Like, no, it's, but this is what, this is what, you know, um, and, and what I tell people is, especially from the employer side is uh-huh. it's going to work itself out. These things are temporary. I mean, yeah. you, I think a lot of times frontline managers and supervisors, they are, they're dealing with the day to day. They're trying to, like you said, they're trying mm-hmm. to deal with process and profit mm-hmm. and that people element or mm-hmm. even the long-term thinking goes out the window mm-hmm. when really how long is a woman nauseous for usually I what's mean, the average i don't know like 20 weeks probably is the average i mean some for the entire pregnancy but yeah i mean 12 wow. to 20 weeks <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> sign, sign me up right yeah okay wait <laughs> uh, but i mean yeah i mean most people first trimester i would say by 20 mm-hmm. the the vast majority of people are yeah feeling it, it evens out yeah but then you do have other issues right ba- maybe needing more bathroom breaks because of increased urination or something like that so or light duty as another option um but yeah no i think your frontline managers they're so focused on that profit that they miss that element um of hey this is something that this woman is dealing with hopefully temporarily but even even if it's not even if it's yeah. more long term um that we can make it work and you're, and the other big thing is from an employment side, employer side, you're really not going to be able to say, oh, my gosh, we lost X number of dollars attributed to the fact that Leah took three breaks to go vomit. That is, that's what's just, crazy to me. Yeah. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, I, why aren't I, yeah. we seeing it as literally just a part of life for many women is. Mm-hmm. And we've set up our society to the point where, I mean, this crazy percentage of women, which is great, are working, you know, through pregnancy and after they have their baby. Like we need to realize that it needs to continue and it needs to Absolutely. Happen. And that and that's the thing. I think too there's a cultural element to it in the sense that well, every workplace is different. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are you guys are not the norm, mm-hmm. and I think you have to recognize that. I mean, you're dealing with industries from manufacturing to healthcare to retail establishments, mm-hmm. and and so it is hard sometimes to accommodate a pregnant woman. But women have rights. So in one sense, if you can't be accommodated in your current job, mm-hmm. then possibly a transfer temporarily to another position mm-hmm. with the idea that there's no re- reduction in pay. Because these laws also have an anti-retaliation element to them as well. So what happens if you can't? Like, what happens if there's no way that there's an accommodation that's possible for somebody? So my take would be they still have a right to at least unpaid leave as a reasonable accommodation. Until said pregnancy or situation is taken care of. Yes. Now, that's hard. I mean, how long could you go without pay? Um, now in some cases, an employee could also ask for and apply for short-term disability Mm -hmm. during that time period. So that's another option. Um, but yeah, it's hard. So let's say we're getting through our pregnancy. We're getting closer to the time where we're going to deliver said baby. Um, 
and you have to go out sooner than originally anticipated. Mm-hmm. FMLA, FMLA can start sooner mm-hmm. than actual birth. Is that correct? But then it's just 12 weeks total. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Now, and that is, again, for that only applies to, for, to employers with 50 or more employees mm-hmm. and it's unpaid. Now, again, you have state laws that come mm-hmm. into play and maybe provide greater protections or pay a paid leave element to this. Um, or even employer policies, like I said, they can be even more generous. Um, but yeah, so that is that can be a frustrating element, even though after that 12 weeks is up, the law also entitles an employee to a leave as a reasonable accommodation under the ADA. So I think the the interesting thing about pregnancy is there are a lot of medical conditions related to pregnancy that are just that are not just covered under the pregnancy laws, but also under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So give me a medical condition related to uh, gestational diabetes. Okay. Sciatica. Okay. Um, you want more? <laughs> Go for it. Cause um, list them all I mean, I don't know what else, what else can happen? High blood pressure. Yeah. All right. So employee has high blood pressure uh-huh. and sciatica okay all right (laughs) all right and she's pregnant uh she's due in four weeks but she has to go out let's say on bed rest due to uh the the high high blood blood pressure pressure. okay so now your fmla starts that that and hopefully you can use some sort of paid leave concurrently with that or if your employer would so concurrently meaning at the same time i mean I got that. Thank you. Thank you for defining that to me. I, I, for me, I, I, I don't get know. It. I get that I do not have the degrees you have, but concurrently, I get it. But, but does the does the FMLA? So let's say you have three weeks of paid leave. Can you take your three weeks of paid leave and then following that, your FMLA starts? No, the FMLA would run concurrently. <laughs> At the same time, you cannot delay the implementation of FMLA. That said, so it runs concurrently. But why would you ever do that? Why wouldn't you just take your leave and then tell them that you need to go out? I I mean, arguably you could, but an employer also has the ability to retroactively designate. But I would say for an employee not to be overly concerned because so let's say it does start. Okay. And at that three weeks before you deliver. Uh And uh, it's running concurrently. Thank you. <laughs> you burn the paid leave element. Maybe your employer also provides some sort of, you know, sick leave or uh, parental leave that could fill in some uh-huh. of those gaps or short-term disability. The 12 weeks is up, but now you're, at this point, you're still caring for your child. I mean, our child is here. Child, is, baby is born. Baby okay. is here. Here. Okay. <laughs> you can, at this point... Um, arguably ask for leave as a reasonable accommodation. Now you would have to have some sort of medical condition associated with that for it to be covered. Because again, now we're talking the Americans with disabilities act. And, um, but I think, I mean, women often, I don't think I ever see a pregnancy related employment situation that doesn't also involve a medical condition, uh, that a woman is dealing with. And I think that might just be the nature of how difficult it is to be pregnant and to give birth. I mean, I often hear about postpartum depression Mm -hmm. or postpartum anxiety and an employer dealing with, okay, we want to bring this employee back. She's ready. She says she's ready to come back, but she wants to come back part-time because she's struggling with postpartum depression. How can we navigate this? And so I think you, even if you burn that 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some option for the employee, certainly working with their doctor as well, you know, to get any sort of medical documentation they would need to support it, but additional time off beyond that if it's necessary. So 
that situation that you just talked about. Sure. Um, talk to me about some solutions you've come up with in the past with employers. Like, sure. Well, many federal law, many laws even give you examples of pregnancy related accommodations and childbirth and medical uh, related accommodations. So modified work schedules would be some, um, uh, you know, light duty, reducing okay. strenuous activity. Um, but if somebody wants, if somebody says, hey, like, I want to come back, I'm ready to come back, but I want to come back part time because mm-hmm. I am struggling with anxiety, being away from my child. I'm having these intrusive thoughts like it's just sure. it's hard for me. I want to come back slowly. And an employer reaches out to you and says, hey, Leo, what do we need to do? First of all, I would assume that the employee needs to document said conditions. What did you call it earlier? <laughs> Diagnosable documentation. documentation. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks for remembering that. I appreciate it. Um, so they would need to provide that. And then <laughs> the employer would have to do that in such a way that does not inc- does not change their rate of pay is that what you said earlier or yeah no and I mean I think you're along those right lines so I mean at that point you're engaging in the interactive process this is the back and forth here's what I'm dealing with here's where I'm what I'm struggling with possibly you need that diagnosable documentation (laughs) or whatever you called it that's the best Um, line you're gonna start using that um but uh uh and then at the same time, trying to figure out how can you make this work for this employee? And not all accommodations are going to be long-term. Oftentimes, if you're an employee and what you really need is part-time, mm-hmm. uh, taking some time off, mm-hmm. I would say go for it. And sometimes to reduce the ease on an employer mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know, hey, I think just for a couple weeks, this is what I need. I'm working through this. I'm attending mm-hmm. counseling. Also, as a reasonable accommodation, I often encourage employers offer counseling, offer um, EAP of some sort or some sort EAP. of employee assistance program. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, you guys offer some. We Yeah. Ours is a little bit more kind of su- probably more subjective. No, but I our, mean, our Latched Mama like. has some sort of, uh, well, you have lactation counseling. We you have, also yeah. Have, and we have, we have a whole bunch of, we, ours is a little bit more like case by case basis. Okay. Kind of like what you're talking about. Probably not anything that you'd probably like it to be more not case by case basis but um you know i mean can you ask for let's say you're coming back to work and you really want to continue therapy mm-hmm. um can you i mean is a reasonable accommodation asking for an extended lunch break so you can fit your therapy in during the day absolutely. or something like that yeah absolutely and i mean again it's reason what is reasonable so I would say if an employee needs one hour a week for an extended mm-hmm. lunch break, then mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. I think an employer is going to have a hard time showing that that's unreasonable. Uh, it's they just might, crazy because I, I don't think that the majority of women in the United States know that they're even allowed to ask for that. Which is, uh, I think part of that is how late our, uh, our laws are not caught up with what is right and just. I'll say that. So, it might help to give a little bit of the history of how these laws have sort of evolved. Um, so Title VII of the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964. That protected women on the women in the workplace just on the basis of sex. So let's say, so before that, it was perfectly legal to say, I'm not going to hire you because you're a woman. Into what year was this? 1964. Ooh, okay. At the same time. Hold on, that, hold on. literally? 
64. 64. That's not that long ago. No. Okay. Uh, no, it's not. At the same time, that provided protections for people in the workplace on the basis of race, right? You had the civil rights yep. movement going on, um, national origin, color, religion. Um, it wasn't until 1978 that the civil that the Civil Rights Act was amended to add protections for women on the basis of pregnancy. So we were protecting. What year was this? 1978. 78. Okay. So we're protecting, and that's the Pregnancy Non-Discrimination Act, but we're protecting women just on the basis of gender, mm -hmm. um, but pregnant women not having the same rights. It was still at that time, arguably someone could say it, it was legal to say, no, I'm sorry that, you know, we don't have to hire you because you're pregnant. Or they could fire somebody for getting pregnant while they were working. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. 1978. I mean, I was, that was like two years before I was born. Yeah. Three years before I was born. I know I'm old. Can um, <laughs> so what happens and after then, that? So now the, the laws are slowly changing. Yeah, but slow, but slowly. And we still have these gaps. So then you have 1990s, the Americans with Disabilities Act is passed. Oh, and so the Pregnancy Non-Discrimination Act, that said, basically, don't discriminate against a pregnant woman. And it did have some anti-retaliation protections. Mm -hmm. um, however... It didn't have enough teeth from the accommodation standpoint, like you were asking me. It basically said, sure, an employer has to accommodate a pregnant woman only if they provide those same accommodations for disabled employees. So if you run a truck driving company and an employee uh, has chronic back pain and can no longer drive the truck and you don't have any other positions available or you don't have light duty of some sort, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have to provide the same any sort of leave or other accommodations for the pregnant uh, employee in that same boat. So then it was the Americans with Disabilities Act that passed in 1990. And that really didn't specifically protect pregnant women or to require accommodations but it basically said if you have a medical condition related to a pregnancy mm -hmm. like you were just talking about yeah. uh, you know diabetes mm -hmm. um then yeah we an employer should try to find a reasonable accommodation and that's what kicks in kick-started that interactive mm -hmm. process okay let's go back and forth and see how this impacts your job and how we can help it um and then it wasn't until like 2010 that you started have pr having protections in the workplace for um you know break time for for women to express milk uh, and then fascinating. And it's going to be a little bit, I'm going to nerd yeah. out on you for a second, yeah. but it's kind of crazy because this past year we had an expansion of that yeah. through something the called pump the pump act. act. Yeah. And that now applies to all employees. Whereas in 2010, it really only applied to employees that were entitled to overtime. Yep. Um, and it also now requires employers to go above and beyond when it comes to lactation. Yeah. Um, we can certainly talk about that, but it was, it, there was another law that I think I mentioned earlier, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act mm -hmm. that gets passed here. And that goes into effect June 27th of 2023. It's like, it's that's, not in effect yet, you know. It's, it's not even there yet. Yeah. And that's the one that really, that adds more teeth. That yeah. basically that says, says, hey, you can't give a woman a bucket to puke in. Absolutely. Yeah. That says you need to consider you, you these reasonable you, yeah. accommodations. You have to allow them to refill their water bottle during work. Absolutely. And it's not just accommodating someone who's pregnant or a pregnancy-related medical condition. It's also a childbirth-related medical condition and even lactation-based medical conditions. So it adds further protections and it adds more teeth in terms of remedies. If someone is not being treated fairly, they have more remedies to try to pursue that. So. That's incredible. So, right, yes. Guys. So next week we are going to talk about what happens after said baby is born and you come back to work um, in terms of expressing milk and things like that. Thanks, Leah. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs>